0: Welcome to Ghost of a Podcast. I'm your host, Jessica Lignato. I'm an astrologer, psychic medium, and animal communicator, and I'm going to give you your weekly horoscope and no bullshit mystical advice for living your very best life. Welcome back to Ghost of a Podcast. This week, we're going to talk about sex, so get ready, friends. P wrote in with a really great question, and she says, how do you have safe sex? Here's my question. I'm going through a divorce after 10 years of marriage. I love sex, but I don't know how to do it safely. And I'm talking emotionally, energetically, as well as physically safely. As a single person in today's Tinder app and catfish and culture, please help me remain wild, free and safe XOP. And she was born March 31st, 1978, 943 AM in Salt Lake City, Utah. So I love this question. I love it so much. And I will say that I have taught myself through astrology to recognize the signifiers of who is inclined to have safer sex when and why, and who is inclined to not have safer sex when and why. And I've taught myself this because I think that sexual health is really important. I think that sexual pleasure and engagement is really important but as a kind of unexpected consequence of me tracking this as an astrologer, what it's taught me is the spiritual reason why we need to have safer sex with people. And so I'm going to unpack this really kind of generally and then very specifically for you, P. So the first thing I want to say is that when we use latex, when we use some sort of safer sex barrier, there are many ways of having safer sex, depending on the kind of sex you have and yada, yada. But when we use a barrier, what we are doing is we are saying with our behavior that our physical health is more important than the experience we're having in that moment, that we are not willing to sacrifice or compromise our wellness For a fun experience or even an emotionally tender experience. And I think that form of placing the self first is incredibly healthy and important. The other thing it does is it articulates in a relationship when there isn't a monogamous and committed agreement. It articulates that there isn't a monogamous and committed agreement. It's a boundary. It's a way of saying, you haven't earned a place in my body and in my life. It's a way of saying there needs to be some kind of separation between me and you. It articulates that I am not putting myself in any way in a compromised position for you around my health and my wellness. And and this is really important spiritually. And I'm going to say, especially for women who have sex with men. And the reason why I say this is because of the power differential that exists between women and men and the kind of vulnerability inherent for women in that. I think that it's incredibly important for people to be able to say, this is what I need to do to take care of me as a way to A, prioritize your wellness, and B, to have a boundary with a lover. Because if you have a boundary with a lover and they try to talk you out of that boundary, that's really good information about the kind of person they are. If your lover wants you to compromise your wellness, whether it's your physical health or your spiritual or emotional boundaries because it'll be more fun for them, then they're probably kind of shitty. Friends, that's shitty. Or deeply inconsiderate. And to imagine that lack of consideration for your wellness, that lack of care for your boundaries is an isolated event, is to not be paying attention, because it's not. And it's really important for us to remember that when it comes to sex and sexual liberation, it's all real new still. Like, it really is still new. And this, you know, boys will be boys and boys get to fuck and girls, you know, should make love and like all this bullshit. It's still very much in the culture. You know, it's really important that we identify our own wellness and prioritize it, even though culturally speaking, we are discouraged from doing so. Right. So that's a matter of spiritual wellness, energetically going into an experience with someone that hopefully is really fun and hot if you do it at your own expense, that's not energetically or spiritually sound, right? So that's a starting point. Now, when I pull up your chart, dear P, I see that you have Pluto in the fifth house. And when people have Pluto in the fifth house, honestly, they tend to be pretty freaked out by or scared of STDs, but not have safer sex. And it's because it's one of those fears that becomes so deep and compelling that you either become scared of hooking up with people and the risk that it poses or disassociate from that fear because it's too big to look at. And so I think it's really important to prioritize hooking up with latex, my friend hooking up with latex. Now, the other thing I'll say is that you are just, I mean, I love it that you love sex. I love it that you are like ready to get out there and get a little strange. You know, I want to high five you for that. However, I'm giving you the, however, yeah, you got a Neptune opposition to the ascendant. You do my friends. And what that means is you're not casual girl. You are not casual. You have a hard time not associating great sexual experience or somebody who gives good text or sex with connection and intimacy and closeness. I would recommend that you institute a hit it and quit it policy. I would say for you, hooking up with somebody three times is the outside of what you can do if you're actually trying to keep it casual. I am of the mind that it is very destructive to tell yourself that something is casual when in fact it is a relationship. When in fact it is maybe a weak relationship that doesn't actually address most of your needs and that doesn't have commitment, but is ultimately a relationship and is taking the energy and space of relationship in your life. I'm a big fan of calling things what they are so that you can cope with them. And there is a risk in your birth chart that you will not do that, that you will kind of like say, oh, you know, this doesn't mean anything to me when it clearly and obviously does. There are parts of you that are really good at hit it and quit it. Those parts are exclusively physical though, your mind and your heart, not so much. And so it's important from my view, for you to be willing to be honest with yourself about the limitations of casual for you. How long can you be casual? You know, after a 10 year marriage is a great time to get strange with a bunch of strangers. I like that for you. It's probably a short-term goal, right? It's probably got to be a short-term goal. I'm going to give you what you might find to be quite annoying advice, which is no sleepover parties until you're actually dating someone. And that's because Neptune has a funny way of falling in love with snuggling and falling in love with coffee or tea in the morning. When you start texting somebody frequently, when you talk to somebody more frequently than you talk to your best friend, when you turn someone basically into a partner when what they really are for you is a lover, or maybe even less than that, a hookup, what you do is you allow them to enter into this energetic space that is meant to be for close people only. And that can incline you to developing attachments and projections. And that isn't safe. And it takes this like fun thing of hooking up with people or casually dating people without the intention of getting close. And it, it kind of introduces the risk for major heartache and heartbreak or dating people who aren't actually well suited to you and doing it because you're trying to do some sort of like casual control. If you're going to hook up, my advice is to be clear before you go home with anybody that you're not doing sleepover parties and that you are happy to pay for their lift home or you yourself are going to let yourself out after the act. Now, if you find that asserting a boundary like that is too difficult, then I would again encourage you to be very selective with who you actually hook up with, which means less sex for you, my friend, less sex for you, because the more selective we are, the less fuckable people there are out there. That's just, I mean, real talk. That said, I would add to that, that you have a compulsive nature you know, I mentioned that Pluto in the fifth house, what I didn't mention is that in your birth chart, Pluto is opposite the sun and square to the moon. And what this means for you is that you do have an obsessive and compulsive nature. And there's nothing wrong with that. Like, I don't, that's that's not a problem, but there are ways that it's a liability. And one of those ways is that when you like someone or something, you obsess on it. So if you have a favorite pair of jeans, you wear those jeans every damn day. If you love a particular song, you listen to it until it's worn out. And if you like cooking up with someone, if you like the way someone's making you feel, it's hard for you to not really fixate on it casual comes at a price for you and is not organic to your nature. That is not a problem. Don't let that be a problem. Simply let that be the conditions that you're working with. Let that simply be an informant to, okay, me obsessing on someone is not an indication that they're amazing for me or that it's meant to be. Me having synchronicities that I can see or, you know, a depth of connection is not an indication that we're meant to be together or that they're a good person. It's just an indication that you're being you. It's just you doing you. That's cool. But what that means, again, is that you need stronger, clearer, and more consistent boundaries with people because that's an acknowledgement of the fact that that's not your natural state. And I think in general as well, when we're coming out of a marriage or a long term relationship, it's really tempting to treat the people we're dating kind of like a partner. You know, it's just because we're habituated around it. So it's going to be very important for you to go into this with boundaries that are not simply responsive to the individual, but instead responsive to your nature and your situation at this time. And my friends, that is, that is a universal thing for me to say to you when dating. When you're in a relationship with someone, making sure that you are clear about what your boundaries are, who you are, and what is healthy for you and what is not healthy for you, that needs to be something that is responsive to who you are and not just the person you're dating and their preferences. When we allow our boundaries to only be in reaction to what we think the other person wants or likes about us. Or what the other person would prefer in us. That's not really boundaries, is it? It's not really boundaries. And this is hard work. A lot of people don't have safer sex because they're shy to talk about it. If you're shy to talk about condoms or latex or whatever, you really need to work on that. And I will say that 2019 has you dealing with a uh, Saturn squared of Pluto off and on throughout the year. And this Deepens the part of you that is not casual, that is not particularly chill. And so I do want to encourage you to check in with yourself and then check in again about your plan of going out there and, you know, just keeping it cash. There is nothing wrong with you being serious. There is nothing wrong with you still healing from your divorce. And it taking longer than you planned. You mentioned catfishing. And what I want to say about catfishing is it can only happen. You can only be catfished if you're developing a relationship or an intimacy with someone without actually meeting them IRL, right? So this is a really good boundary to have. Setting the intention for yourself about how much texting or DMing you're willing to do with someone before you meet them IRL. I have counseled just countless people over the years who have these long-term DM style or, you know, email style relationships, sometimes phone relationships, but they never meet. And generally, yes, you know, the, at least one of those people in the relationship are partnered or married or, you know, just not quite what they say they were. And so I want to really ground you into this. You are somebody who can kind of get into a lot of talking. You can get into it. It's like fun and romantic for you. You have a busy life, sure. But it's wise to say, all right, we can have X amount of weeks or X amount of messages exchanged before plans are made or I walk. And there's nothing wrong on Tinder or any other dating app of having a copy and paste approach. You know, you have notes in your phone where you copy and paste and you say it was really fun meeting up with you, but it wasn't quite a match, good luck. Or saying, hey, it's been really fun chatting with you. I'd love to meet. If you'd like to do that, let's schedule it. If not, good luck on this app or with life or whatever. Like copy and pasting it because in a way what copy and pasting does is it's kind of takes some of the emotional energy out of having to say things on repeat to people. It also is kind of an acknowledgement that there's going to be the need for boundaries. And if you have written out a way to respond to common problems that people have on these apps, that really helps. Because the truth is, we are going to have to reject people in life. We are going to have to assert boundaries with people who don't get our boundaries, don't agree with our boundaries, whatever. That's just part of relating. Now, I wanna say one last thing about this. Congratulations on your divorce. When I look at your birth chart, it really does look like um, it was time for that relationship to end. My hope for you is of course that it's amicable and that it's not too dramatic or painful for you, but not all relationships are meant to last forever. And that doesn't mean it's a failure. Even if you screwed up or your ex screwed up, It doesn't mean that either of you were bad or wrong. I mean, maybe you were, I don't know. But it looks to me like that relationship was a good relationship for you to have been in at one time and that time passed. So congratulations and kudos to you for getting out and uh, you know, get out there and have some fun, girl. Have a lot of fun and do it safe, do it wise. And when it's no longer fun, don't push it, let it go find something else to do that's fun. Because eventually you're either going to need to think about getting into another relationship or taking a step back from dating and sex altogether to really just focus on you and healing. Either or both of those things is going to happen. So when that happens, be responsive, be responsible, and uh, go with the flow, my friends. Go with the flow. It's horoscope time again, and I've got you covered, my friends. So this week, we're looking at April 28th through May the 4th, 2019. And what's interesting is we have not one, not two, but four transits between Mercury and other planets, specifically Mars, Saturn, Pluto, and Jupiter. It's a lot. What that means before I get into the details, seeing so much Mercury is Mercury is your mind, it's communication, it's also mobilization. So it's like the travel that you do in your neighborhood and you do online. It's just like moving around with ideas and with people that are immediately close to you. So not necessarily intimately close, but immediately close to you. So you can expect a lot of busyness this week. And whenever I see a lot of busyness, I always want to think, okay, How can you stay centered or grounded? How can you remember what your big picture goals are so that you don't get distracted by the little things in such a way that you react without consideration of what you're actually trying to get out of a situation or what you're actually trying to bring to a situation? And whenever we have a lot of mercury, it's more likely that you'll do that because where there's mercury, you're in your head. And when you get in your head, you can forget your heart. You can forget your big picture plans. You can forget all kinds of things because the head is a demanding little guy. Um, I don't know why it's a guy. It's a demanding little voice. How about that? So let me get astrological with you here. On the 30th, we have a mercury sextile to Mars. This is actually kind of a lovely transit. A sextile is a 60 degree angle and they tend to be quite creative and dynamic If it's not really hitting anything in your chart, you're probably not going to notice too much here. But the thing that I love about this transit is that it's energizing. It helps you to actually like go through your inbox and get things done. It helps you to organize your thoughts or speak to someone that you've been shy around or just like get all your errands done. It just is really helpful for you figuring things out and being motivated to figure them out. Mars is related to courage it's related to ambition, but also it's kind of a fast mover. So is Mercury. Mercury loves to move fast. And so if there are plans you're needing to make that would be better laid if you had some courage, if you weren't influenced by fear around the 30th and certainly on the 30th is a great time to address that. Now on the 1st, hello, May. Welcome, May. May comes in hard um, and that is because Mercury is forming a square to Saturn. When Mercury forms a 90 degree angle to Saturn, what we tend to have is negative thinking. The glass is half empty with this transit. Saturn is concerned with heaviness, with the things of material consequence and Mercury is your mind and your attitudes. So, a lot of times, what we'll experience with this transit is a sense of loneliness, a sense that people don't like us. We can get defensive. You can find yourself censoring yourself out of fear of being wrong. Now, the thing that you want to be really careful about around this date, um, and certainly with this transit and also the transit that will be happening on the second, is if you're going to be calling people out, whether it's in your personal life, at work, or with strangers online, you better be prepared <laughs> for people to call you right back out. Now, the thing about call-out culture is, is that it's, you know, it's really easy to cast blame. It's really easy to you know, shout people down, but we're all learning and growing. And intolerance with somebody else's progress and blaming other people it reflects something in yourself and it reflects that you yourself don't have a lot of grace with your own process. So I want to encourage you to really notice the impulse to point fingers and to blame others around this state, really honestly all week long, because it reflects something deeper than the immediate situation at hand. It reflects something in you and of you. And it's something that is struggling and in pain and that needs a firm but gentle hand. What that might look like is recognizing I don't agree with this person and I need to listen or I don't agree with this person and I know I don't agree with this person. So I'm going to give myself the gift of walking away. I believe it's Brene Brown who said, you're not a jerk whisperer. You don't have to convince all the jerks of the world. Don't be a jerk whisperer. This isn't the date for it. This isn't the week for it. Getting into fights that really are just about you projecting out your shitty thoughts and feelings, it's not going to serve anyone. It's certainly not going to serve you, no matter how wrong you think the other person is. Now, Mercury squared to Saturn in your personal life can coincide with difficult conversations, feeling like people aren't there in the way you want them to be, or depressive thoughts and depressive feelings. It's only a couple days. It's exact on the first, but you'll feel it a day before and a day after. It's not long. So you can, again, know that it's coming and really set your mind to using your self-care tools. And that's the good part of Saturn. Where we have Saturn, we can be self-disciplined. And so this is a great time to put into practice. Not a lot, but a couple well-curated self-care tools. My friends, as I like to tell you, and I'm gonna tell you again, it's not enough to collect data. We must use the data. This is an important week to use the data you've been accruing, whether it's about astrology, about yourself, about your relationships, whatever. So on the second, and unfortunately, this coincides with the Mercury square to Saturn on the first, we have Mercury squaring Pluto. And the reason why these two transits are happening so close to each other is because Saturn and Pluto are real close to each other in the sign of Capricorn. So Mercury is forming a square to Pluto and a trine to Jupiter. Pluto is obsessive and compulsive. Pluto wants intensity, intense creation, intense destruction. It doesn't exactly care. Pluto. where we find Pluto, we tend to be compulsive, obsessive. We tend to have a hard time with perspective because we are so much in our own perspective and in our own feels. Having the Mercury square to Pluto with the Mercury trying to Jupiter and still having the influence of Mercury square to Saturn, there is a strong danger of you being really defensive, of you jumping to conclusions and deciding that someone or something is out to get you. So, you know, because of that, there's a certain POTUS that you might watch out for around these dates to see what kind of mad tweets rain down on us. Because these transits will stimulate our sense of defensiveness and our sense of compulsion. If you have a sense of entitlement, whether it's feeling you're the worst in the world or you're the best in the world, you're gonna have a hard time around this date probably. And so having a sense of perspective is useful looking for the most distilled truth is useful. And allowing yourself to have whatever feelings you have, whatever thoughts you have, without indulging your compulsions, that will be really useful around this date. Not indulging your compulsions doesn't mean repressing your feelings or thoughts. It means understanding that feelings and thoughts are feelings and thoughts. When you don't attach them to situations and dynamics, then they don't have to become actions. And not all of your feelings and thoughts are well-suited to being translated into action. They're not. And you got to trust that that's true with your frenemies and your enemies and politicians and puppies and kittens. We want to be able to have the flexibility within our thinking and within our relationship to ourselves and our circumstances that allows us to make choices around how we engage from a place of feeling. It's important to know that sometimes the things that you're feeling and thinking are really well suited to your Dear Diary to your therapist, to your best friend, if they're not the one you're upset with. But if you were to express them to the person in question, maybe that person isn't reliable. And so you shouldn't trust them with your feelings. Maybe that will only create a war. Maybe what it is that's actually happening for you is that you're needing to figure out which part is yours, which part is a trigger and which part is shared, which part is like, this is happening in this situation. And this is very sticky and nobody's really excellent at this all the time. So this is going to be a bit of a triggering moment. As always, when Mercury or Venus touches Pluto, I say to you, do not cyberstalk. Do not obsess on your acts. How somebody else is doing, whether they're failing or succeeding, has absolutely nothing to do with you, your enemies or the people you don't like thriving. It doesn't take away from you. Them suffering doesn't help you to thrive don't waste your energy. Don't waste your energy, my friends, because this transit gives you a kind of an excess of energy. And if it's used destructively it's just, eh, why, why do your best to use it creatively? Because it is a really healing potential. It allows you to figure out how to care for yourself when you're most compelled not to. And that brings us to the new moon in Taurus. The new moon in Taurus is happening on the 4th at 3.46 p.m. Pacific time. So whenever I give you these dates and times, I'm giving it to you from California time. And wherever you are in the world, you just need to adjust it based on whatever time zone you're in. This new moon in Taurus is a really interesting one to me. It's happening at 14 degrees Taurus, right in the middle there. You know, as I really was studying this chart, this new moon chart, What came up for me is this question of what are you being loyal to? We have Neptune forming a trine to the sun moon conjunction because new moons are always when the sun and moon is conjunct in the same sign. So conjunct means they're at the exact same degree. This Neptune trine to the Sun Moon increases empathy and sensitivity. It is excellent for creativity in general, whether we're talking about the creativity of your self-care or of painting pictures and writing poems or of being able to just kind of like be in your life. It's a really lovely transit and it is happening while Venus is forming a square to Saturn and Saturn is conjunct to Pluto, and it's all opposite the North Node. And this triggers attachment issues. And the reason why it triggers attachment issues is because it brings up feelings of safety, or more more accurately, a lack of safety. So whether we're looking at your sense of safety or lack of safety in your body, in your gender expression or identity, in your personal relationships, in your relationship to money, in your relationship to aesthetics or what you own and what you have for yourself or what you don't have, there's a sense of there's not enough for me, I'm not okay, and I need to figure out how to get okay. And, and because of the Saturn-Pluto, it inclines us to look to attach to things that we identify as safety. What you wanna really look at, and here's the like kind of creative way out, is to be mindful of how it is that you are attaching to things that are outside of yourself as validation of your safety and what you are being loyal to because if you are being loyal to this idea that you know you'll only be okay when you weigh a certain amount or you have a certain amount of money in your bank account or so and so likes you or whatever it is then you're kind of rooting your sense of safety in your own self and your own wellness in something external. And that never lasts. It doesn't work like that. We must find home within ourselves. This can be a new moon in which you become viscerally clear. So clear in your body, really in a deep and meaningful way of how you're doing that and how it is or isn't working for you. Because Mars will be sitting opposite to Jupiter, we may have a little bit of a jump to conclusion impulse. So you want to stay as much grounded as possible. And luckily, because it's, you know, the new moon in Taurus, it's a grounded sign and that will be very supportive to it. The other part of this opposition, this Mars Jupiter opposition, is that it can incline you to being brave it can really support you in having courage to look at parts of yourself or your life that are harder, scary or triggering for you. Mercury and Uranus will be close together and this increases restlessness and nervous tension. That's kind of, you know, it's not good or bad. It depends on your personality a little bit. But for me, when I look at the chart as a whole, what really comes up is, man, there's so much healing potential here. There's so much healing potential here because with the heaviness of that Saturn, Pluto, Venus, North Node business, it could just be oppressive feeling because also, you know, Taurus isn't the most open to change kind of energy but that mars jupiter and the mercury uranus both indicate that there's energy moving there's energy moving us towards being open and to shifting our perspective and implementing change what you want to do is be experimental instead of conclusive at this time don't rush to find answers you know courage as i said mars governs courage the root of the word courage in french it's cour it's your heart courage Courage is about taking heart. It's not about forcing your will. It's not about waving your dick around, if I may be so indelicate to say. It's about taking heart and allowing the inspiration and passion that you feel within to motivate you. So that's what I wish for you. That's what I wish for you. I wish for you to take heart, to do your best, to put yourself out there, not out of fear, not out of compulsion. And if you can't do it any other way than out of fear or out of compulsion, be brave enough to hang back. My loves, the process is the answer. The answer isn't the point. The process is the point. You know I love you. I really love you. And I love it when you send me questions. So please go to my website at lovelaniato.com slash ghost of a podcast and send in your questions so that I can answer them. Also, if you haven't yet rated this podcast on whatever platform you're listening to it, please do. I love the reviews. I love the stars. They make me feel so loved. And I love love. You know, if you want to support the podcast on Patreon, I would super appreciate that too. More than anything, I just, I hope you go forth and you be kind to yourself and others. And when you find yourself really tempted to point fingers and to blame, Take heart, find a different way, even if it's just an experiment. Maybe you'll return to being a finger pointing blamer and a hater. That's cool. We all got to live our lives. But try a different way this week, see how it goes. Every year they say the end is near, but we're still here. Yeah, we're still here.